Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Edwin, how you doing today, my friend? I am fantastic. Things are going just peachy. Man, that's great. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm glad we can be together and study God's Word. Yes, yes, John 7. So yesterday we started talking about just how important authority is. God's authority through His Word matters mm-hmm. because God's glory matters. I do want to dig in on that just a little bit more and look specifically at how Jesus established authority for healing on the Sabbath. So if you're reading along, we have an actually read all of John 7 this week, but we will by the end of the week. We it's, hope. Another, it's another one of those long chapters in the Gospel of John, and so we're kind of uh, picking our places here. But I'm going to be reading today from, I've got this new Bible, I'm trying to break it in. Yes. Legacy Standard Bible. Legacy I'm going to be reading Standard from Bible. the Legacy Standard Bible, uh, John chapter 7, verses 14 through 24. John seven fourteen through 24. But when it was now the middle of the feast... Jesus went up into the temple and began to teach. The Jews then were marveling, saying, How has this man become learned, not having been educated? So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but from him who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know about the teaching, whether it is of God or I speak from myself. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you does the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon who seeks to kill you. Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marvel. For this reason Moses has given you circumcision, not because it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And on the Sabbath, you circumcise a man. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses will not be broken, are you angry with me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Yesterday, my claim, your claim, as we talked about this, authority matters because God's glory matters. Mm-hmm. This discussion, Jesus did not dismiss this discussion. He did not discount it. Back in chapter 5, he healed a man on the Sabbath. John, in his writing, has connected us back to that miracle yeah. on the Sabbath. Jesus is now finally addressing what, what authorized him to heal on the Sabbath. I want to dig in on that because it's really interesting to me that what he doesn't say is, well, look. Here's this passage, and in this passage of the law, it says, go heal on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And he does not say, look, here's a passage that says you are allowed. If you have an ability to heal, you are allowed to heal on a Sabbath. There's no statement. There's no mm-hmm. command to heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus, having direct connection with the Father, doesn't even claim, look, I have special knowledge where the Father told me to do this. There's no claim on that. Mm-hmm. The second thing he doesn't claim is, well, guys, don't you remember in this passage where this particular thing happened? Don't you remember when Elijah healed on the Sabbath or when Moses healed on the Sabbath? He, he doesn't say, hey, in fact, don't you remember this place where God took someone who was sick and healed them on the Sabbath? He does not, 
He does not give any examples. There's not like an example that's pointed to. So there's no statements. There's no examples. There's no explicit teaching that he can turn to and say this. This is the the book, chapter, and verse. In the scripture, in the law of Moses. It's not there. It's not there. And again, I mean, I'm going to allow for Jesus. And yet it seems like he's making a scriptural argument. Oh, Oh, he is. Oh, he is. But again, just to be clear from Jesus' standpoint, he's also not even trying to claim, I have some secret special hidden God knowledge where God told me to do this. He he doesn't make any of those claims. Instead, he brings up something that seems to have absolutely nothing to do with the conversation. He brings up circumcision. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a connection with the Sabbath, but, but here's the very interesting thing. He says, look... We circumcise so that people can be in the covenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we go back to the scripture and we recognize that in uh, Leviticus chapter 12 and verse 3, the law itself says, On the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. That's the law. Mm-hmm. But you know, our, our text even brings up well, it's not that circumcision was actually from Moses, it was actually from the fathers. Mm-hmm. We go back to Genesis chapter 17. In Genesis yeah. 17, when God was making a ratifying covenant, covenant with Abraham, and on that day, Abraham and Ishmael and all the males of his house were circumcised. Here's what he says in Genesis 17:11: You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant." Well, here's here's the statement. On the eighth day, mm-hmm. this is supposed to happen. Yeah. If you have a guy that makes it to the ninth day and he's not been circumcised, there's, I think the there's a sin, right? Yeah, I think the conclusion they have there is he's broken the covenant. Uh, of course, for, in that scenario, we might say the parents have broken the covenant. He's right. that eight day old baby doesn't have any, or that nine day old baby has no control over that. But the point being, there is a recognition. You get past the eighth day and you haven't done this. This is a person that's cut off from the people. Mm-hmm. So if the eighth day falls on a Sabbath, still got to circumcise them. Their practice was to circumcise this child. Here's what Jesus does. This is this is to me masterful, because there's actually uh, no statement even about circumcision in Scripture that says make sure on the Sabbath you go ahead and circumcise a child. Mm-hmm. What Jesus plays on is the fact that they actually already understood a principle of drawing a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Circumcised on the eighth day, anyone who's not circumcised is cut off. All right, so we're not going to put it off to the ninth day or the tenth day or the fifteenth day because we don't go early. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do this on the eighth day. On the eighth day, because and so if it falls on the Sabbath, we're going to go ahead and circumcise. I and think all the Jews had to say, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we do. That is what we do. And it's a recognition that here is somebody who is working on the Sabbath. I do. I wonder if there's supposed to be a little bit of an underlying point also, because, you know, do you know what day the child was born on if the eighth day is on a Sabbath? On a Sabbath? The previous Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> somebody was working on the previous Sabbath as well. <laughs> Someone was certainly laboring. Someone was laboring on that previous Sabbath as well. Now, here's what Jesus does with that. He says, all right. If we're going to perform, and I'll I'll try to, this will probably sound a little bit technical, I don't mean to, but I think this is essentially the comparison. If somebody can can, can perform a medical operation, 
that takes a man's whole body and divides it into two parts in order to be blessed in the covenant of God, in order to have this covenant relationship, in order to be blessed by God, then, and we can do that on the Sabbath, Mm -hmm. then surely I am allowed to take that same man and make his body whole through a medical miracle on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is drawing a conclusion. This is the point I want us to see, that Jesus is saying, no, I can't take you to a passage that says do this. I can't take you to a passage that shows it being done. But when we take a look at what God has revealed, we can realize this is a lawful practice. I, I, I understand that circumcising on the Sabbath is lawful, and I can draw a conclusion from that. I can make a judgment from that. I see some things implied in that. I infer some things. Uh, and, and what we realize is that Jesus himself demonstrates a viable means of establishing authority from God is to infer from what is explicitly stated. Wow, Edwin, but doesn't that just open up a floodgate for people to do any old thing that seems like a good thing to do on a Sabbath day? I think this is why Jesus follows up with, do not judge by appearances, judge with right judgment or with righteous judgment. Jesus demonstrates that it is possible to abuse drawing conclusions. Mm -hmm. It's possible to abuse the notion of inferring from Scripture. Uh, it, It is a realization that just because I judge something as right doesn't mean it is. I've got to make sure judge with righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, and I guess I'll, I'll point this out. I know that some folks are really get upset. It really bothers me as folks push, push back on drawing inferences, on saying that things are implied as if that's not authority. Because I'll be honest with you, most of the people I've talked to who say that, they don't then say, so all these things you've said are authorized by being implied. We're not going to do those. Mm -hmm. Normally what they say is, see, you're being inconsistent, so now I'm allowed to do this thing over here that you can't find authority for. Right, yeah. Uh, Normally that argument is not to limit and prohibit even further. It's, I got things I want to do, and I can't get those things done by using this method that you use. So I'm going to say this method is wrong so I can go do what I want. Yeah, it's, it's trying to remove any limiting power of a hermeneutical approach. Yeah, and here, but I, I just want us to see that Jesus himself demonstrates that drawing inferences, drawing conclusions, using our reasonable judgment is a means of authorizing activity. It, and when we legitimate. use that, and it's when legitimate. we use that, it's God authorizing it. It's not us authorizing it. Can we be inconsistent? Well, we can because we're fallible. Ah, I'm sure we are. I'm sure. And so that's why we need to continue having these discussions because Mm -hmm. God's authority matters. Why? God's glory. Because God's glory matters. And what we're saying is, look, God's glory matters. At the end of this discussion, you and I may disagree about whether a thing is authorized. And that may even get to a point of you and I saying, well, therefore, we're not going to be worshiping together because I'm going to go do this thing and you can't do it with a good conscience. I mean, there's lots of other things in Scripture that play on how we should handle that, but I'm just saying we may get to that point. But let's not dismiss these discussions because God's glory matters. And Jesus uses this, this aspect of conclusions, inferences, implications, judgments. He uses them multiple times, but throughout various scriptures here in the Gospels. But this is just such a really powerful one, because in John, we see him saying over and over again, I don't do things on my own authority. I didn't heal that guy on the Sabbath because I decided it was okay. I, I did that because, look, clearly, 
here we find from the law why this would be okay. You guys just haven't drawn the right conclusions. Well, I'm really loving that we're having these studies and these conversations because as we've gone along, we've been able to identify, hey, can't we handle Scripture and interpret Scripture in the way Jesus gives us a model? Yeah. And so we, we saw uh, a week or two ago where Jesus was following examples, what the Father oh, yeah. had shown him. That's what he will do. Uh, as an interpretive principle. And and here he's talking about uh, the teaching that he was given. That's what he teaches, and he, which is about precepts. And then and now we have uh, a great case study in how you make an implication. You draw an inference. Well, uh, that, regarding that example, by the way, in case people want to check us on that, you that's back in John 5, 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own accord. There again, I don't do things by my own authority, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. So here it is. It's shown. When the Mm -hmm. Father shows him, it's authorized. When the Father implies, it's authorized. I know some people push push back in the way that has been systemized at the phrase necessary inference. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, okay, fine. Let's not say necessary inference if you want to. But I tell you what it has to be. It has to be a righteous judgment. It has to be a right. So let's use the biblical term. right inference? Yeah. Let's use the biblical term. A righteous inference. A right inference. One that really is a conclusion that we can draw from this. And if you can't, if you can't actually legitimately draw it as a conclusion, then you need to drop that. Yeah. That's just that's just not part of what we need to be doing. And and in that part of it is where where would you draw these, you know, make these righteous judgments or draw these righteous inferences? There has to be something in Scripture in the way of a precept or a precedent. You're building on something. You're not making up doctrine whole cloth. That's the doctrines of men. Right. Right. And if I cannot go to where God has authorized it and I'm doing it, I'm working on my own authority. And that actually means I'm glorifying myself. Yeah. We've got to take these conversations seriously. And I'm all about, let's do it just like Jesus did. I first, it, it blows my mind. People are saying, we don't need this, this, this systemization. We just need to do what Jesus did. Fine, fine. Don't systemize it. Let's just do it the way Jesus did. I know this. Jesus saw what he had been shown. He said, I can do that. Jesus said, I've drawn a conclusion based on what I've been shown and read. Mm-hmm. I can do that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So let's yeah. do it like Jesus did. Do it like Jesus did. God in heaven, thank you so much for the day that you've given us, for this great conversation, for the example of Jesus that we see how he determined how to live. If anyone in all of human history, Father, knew how to live by your power and your strength and your authority, I know it was your son, Jesus. I want to hold on to him. I want to grab hold of his of the hem of his garment and, and just follow along behind him. Help us to do things the way he did them, to make the choices that he made, to to live these lives as if he was the one living these lives. Father, help us to judge with right judgment, not by appearances, not by preferences, but judge with right judgment, drawing conclusions that, that, uh, well, really are there from the text. Help us, Father, to bring glory to you in all that we do, because you are worthy of glory. And it is through your glorious Son we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Engage.